I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. We spent Monday's episode in the woods of Washington State, and today we're off to the jungles of Vietnam. That's right, they're sending John Rambo back to the very place he escaped from on the proviso he just takes some photos. Did anyone ever think Rambo was only going to take some photos and not blow everything up from 1985? It's Rambo First Blood, part two. I'd take them just like you. Mission accomplished. So which film in this week's Rambo Royal Rumble will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. You not forget me? Don't even stop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't. Wow. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris. <laughs> you not forget me? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toss-up between that and you made it, Rambo! <laughs> Two great moments in a great film. Poor actress. Yes. <laughs> uh, welcome to part two of Rambo versus Rambo 2. As you well know, at the end of this episode, we'll feature the verdict, which is when we will declare which is definitively the better film before we get into this episode though it's time once again for a dip into our digital mailbag and a film review from one of you to make us feel better about us read by Chris Tilly <laughs> aka Chris Thrilly I've just realised I hope you haven't read this one last Which, week well, no, I is don't it from think... someone we met? no okay this is from V Chord 1984 who says almost as good as Jurassic Park uh, V Chord writes one of my favourite podcasts love all the hosts and their chemistry together some episodes are so funny I've listened to them more than once randomly met Chris and Alex in London recently and they were lovely too the only negative is the recent lack of obligatory Tim Curry references bring them back Fair. so yeah this is us uh, meeting listeners in the pub do you find that titillating <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> I mean um, I deserve it I know I do it's a it's a lovely review and um, we're talking about Rambo today <laughs> which stars Sylvester Stallone who played the lead in the movie Oscar <laughs> which stars Tim Curry yeah yeah there we go <laughs> and thus completes this week's obligatory Tim Curry reference oh, felt good saying that again felt good saying that maybe we should bring it back maybe we should maybe you we should you just did yeah uh, no I mean on a more permanent basis okay yeah. uh, right then on Monday, Chris was our guide to Rambo versus Cops. So today, I'm your guide for Rambo versus everything. Let me take you on a journey. 
Rambo is in prison when Troutman turns up and says he needs him to go back to Vietnam right now as there's a mission to find some POWs. And Rambo is quite simply one of only three people (laughs) who can complete the mission, to which Rambo responds, Why me? Why now? Because there's a mission right now to find some POWs and you're quite simply one of only three people who can complete it. He can't be, by the way. <laughs> having, seen, having seen what he does in that play, he can't be. Go on. Anyway, he's off to Nam to meet corporate suits, Carter Burke. He's sending Rambo into a dangerous place full of scores of enemy, but he's giving Rambo all the latest military tech to take with him. Or as Burke puts it, these colonial marines are tough hombres. They're packing state-of-the-art firepower. There's nothing they can't handle. That's right, James Cameron wrote this script at exactly the same time he was writing Aliens. Anyway, Rambo is double-crossed, captured, escapes, and then in the climax, nukes everything from orbit. (laughs) Well, missiles from a helicopter, but you get my point. Clashwaters, for your consideration... Aliens. (laughs) Aliens. <laughs> so I just rewatched Aliens and I thought we could do another episode <laughs> on Aliens. Now, of course, we're doing Rambo First Blood Part 2. I'll start. Never seen this movie, although I have seen Aliens and indeed Hot Shots Part 2, <laughs> which is basically uh, this film and also features one of cinema's great taglines Hot Shots Part 2, just duh it. <laughs> I quite liked it. <laughs> When I read it, I thought, that's worth reading out. <laughs> it's not a Queen moment, so shut up. Chris, mm-hmm. what's your story? So, Still uh, keeping that bit going. This is the first 15 or 18 I watched, I think, when I was a kid. My cousin would come around and babysit, who was like 10 years old or so. I was probably seven. He was 17. My brother was six. <laughs> and he put this film on. <laughs> Sounds like a start of a romantic memory. He was 17. He was just seven. Well, it was quite I was seven. It was horribly illegal. It was and quite beautiful. It was quite sweet. He put, never quite the same he put the film on, and me and Pete sat either side of him, and he said, you're not supposed to be watching this film, but I'm going to let you watch it. But whenever I shout out eyes, you've got to close your eyes. <laughs> and so that's how we watched the film. And then we weren't doing it, so he ended up, he put his arms, and he had to put his hands over our eyes at certain <laughs> moments in the film. So, and it's one of those things where, my imagination was much worse than what was on screen. I watched it 10 years later. I was like, oh, this isn't that bad, apart from that exploding bit. Like, in my head, it was just the most disgusting film (laughs) in the history of movies. But yeah, so my first memory of watching this is only seeing bits of it, because I was either closing my eyes or I had someone's hands over my eyes. Me? It's so, sort of similar, but I, I was very young. What? My cousin put his hands over your eyes? <laughs> I mean, now, that is weird. Because yeah, he was 17 and you would have been yeah. four. Yeah. Been four. And yet she still found it tantalizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the thing. You want to have a word with him. He's just going around Adam? the country. He's, he's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've just been in Blackburn for the weekend, Chris. <laughs> There's a four-year-old I have to see. This <laughs> cassette's really worn. But I was a child. I don't remember anything about it apart from when he was in the mud, Mudman, and mm. I remember finding that. It's one of those like weird, hazy Sunday memories. It must have been on the telly, but it must have been late because I just no idea. Yeah, they didn't show this in the middle of the no. day. And I just remember the explosions. I remember. I don't remember any dialogue. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the plot such as it is, which is probably for the best. I just remember Mudman explosions he's in the water he's not in the water and that's it so it's all very hazy let me tell you a little bit about how this movie came to be a uh, quick note a lot of my research came from uh, the wonderful nick desmillion editor of empire he's got an excellent book out 80s action stars is what it's all about last action heroes so thank you for that book nick it helped out a lot with this movie and um, so it's emerging screenwriter kevin jare or jar sorry who initially comes up with the idea after being approached by stallone He says, I wrote the first draft of Rambo and I just did it. I was living on dog food at the time and I needed a gig and I wanted to finish a spec script I was writing. Stallone called me in and said, what should we do in the sequel to First Blood? And I said, how about he searches for POWs in Southeast Asia? And he said, great, we'll do it. So that's the script idea. Kevin Jarre gets a story credit on the finished film. He also, and I didn't know this um, because we haven't done the movie yet, but we are definitely going to do it. He wrote Tombstone, which is probably one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Okay. It's really good. He also directed it for one month. I didn't know that. Yeah, before he was fired and replaced by our director here. George Cosmatos. Uh, so apparently, uh, poor George lived in fear throughout the production that Stallone might fire him at any moment because this is straight after Rhinestone, right. which I don't believe we're ever going to do. 
I don't know. Really? Yeah, All right. laugh. I'm, I'm wrong. We may well do Rhinestone, but Stallone had fired his director on that. So let's talk about this script. James Cameron is brought in by Stallone and Carol Coe to write the script now. It's called First Blood 2, The Mission. Prefer that as a title? I don't think you can have the word first in it. Just get rid of it. It's so confusing. You, you were confused. You couldn't find it on your carousel. I like, couldn't. No. I couldn't. A lot of people on Twitter saying it should be called Second Blood. Second Blood or Rambo 2. Sure. Uh, so, as I said, James Cameron got the gig on the same day he got the gig for Aliens. I found an interview. Cut and paste. <laughs> well, interesting. That is what this quote is about. Uh, I found an interview where he explains how he managed to do both mm. at the same time. He had three months to do both. Control C. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, what I did, <laughs> this is James Cameron, what I did was I got a desk for each script. I put one in the bedroom, one in the living room. That way, when I moved from one desk to the other... All the notes and papers and everything were right where they were supposed to be. Wow. Never, never let it be said that one of the great visionary directors can't also tell an anecdote. <laughs> I get it, though. I get it. I get it. Just having it all, having that compartmentalising it. Liminal space, mm. yes. he, he also said he played different music in each room. Mm. And I'm really wondering what he played. I imagine it was for, for, for Rambo, maybe Bon Jovi. <laughs> but what was Aliens? What's he listening to for Aliens? Alice Cooper? Maybe What's... maybe some sort of experimental sound. Yeah. Indus- Mike Oldfield might have made. Industrial. industrial German techno. Yeah, industrial yeah. techno. Okay, yeah, we figured sound, it out. Yeah, when the APC goes in, that score, yeah, that works. I like that. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I think you're right. You make a joke, but there are similarities between these movies. I suppose you're just in the rhythm of using certain words at a certain time, <laughs> being generous. So, uh as he is wont to do, Stallone then rewrote Cameron's draft. Uh, he added in the politics was the big thing, uh, which I'm going to talk about more at the end. Uh, and also Stallone describes uh, the work he did in this 2006 interview with Ain't It Cool News. In Cameron's original draft, it took nearly 30 to 40 bloody pages to have any action initiated and Rambo was partnered with a techie sidekick so it was more than just the politics that were put into the script by me there was also a simpler storyline if James Cameron says anything more than that then he realises he's now doing the backstroke badly in a pool of lies (laughs) love that that entire interview is insane yeah. right? it, it's all questions about different <clears throat> movies and his answers are all like that like they're sort of funny and colourful and weird mm. and everyone was an incredible anecdote like a pool of lies <laughs> you're drowning in your pool of lies <laughs> that's, that's Elf you, you sit on a throne of lies isn't it that's where they got that line from try <laughs> trying to do the backstroke but he's in a pool of lies I mean so can't. there was obviously an issue there because Cameron said uh, I know very little about Stallone because my work with him consisted of one lunch to discuss the script where he just said, I think you should put a girl in it. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's weird, that interview. You're right. I read the whole thing. But the questions, I guess, I, I never, I've never read Ain't Cold News, but the questions are really combative. It's people sort of going, yeah. James Cameron it's, said this. It's, not, it's snarky readers yeah. uh, getting to ask one question and, and saying, thinking, oh, I'm going to take the piss here. And then the, the awful man who runs the website thinking, yeah, that's funny, and put in front of Stallone. And to be fair, Stallone asking, answering them, so you get a really good interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I would just never have the balls to ask some of that stuff. <laughs> but and it sort of explains why Stallone is sort of being a little bit like Aggie with Cameron there, because the question is sort of saying, Cameron says this, and yes. so it's a response to Cameron And, and bear well. in mind, that entire um, interview is happening over email. Yeah. So when we're in a room, we ask those snarky questions. We get removed from that room, yeah. whereas he, Stallone can pick and choose what he wants to, what he wants to say. Exactly. So the techie sidekick, uh, just to give Cameron his due, uh, that was there to provide some comic relief that Stallone says Cameron added. Tom Arnold in True Life. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So weirdly, it wasn't Cameron who wanted to add it. The studio were the ones who wanted it. Carol Coe wanted it. And they wanted John Travolta for the role, who was going to play Rambo at one stage initially. So they wanted John Travolta... uh, I wouldn't call him a techie sidekick. No. The Cameron script is online. He's more of a sleazy wingman. Uh, he's called Brewer, and he has lines like this. When he sees an attractive Thai woman, she's got the kind of legs I like. Feet at one end, 
pussy at the other. Jesus! <laughs> Why did you point at Vicky with your pen? Alex! <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> I just imagine that's how John Travolta would have performed it. Now, I joke and go, oh, comic relief. That actually passes for comic relief in the 80s. Yeah, definitely. And, and Tom Arnold isn't a million miles away from that, <laughs> true lies. I know that we're saying it's not a Cameron thing, but... Oh yeah, and also, I, do you know what? Is it that different from Frost and Spunkmire in Aliens talking about getting some Alturian poontang when they're having <laughs> dinner around the table? You get me some of that Alturian poontang. Yeah, but yours was a man. All of that. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Wrote at the same time. Uh, also, I think it's funny that Stone's like 30 to 40 pages before we get into any fucking action. Aliens, one hour. <laughs> One hour before we get any action in that movie. Uh, so finally, uh, it was meant to shoot in Thailand, and uh, just as uh, <laughs> Mario Ksar and Andrew Viner had landed in Thailand, they get a call from Stallone going, we're shooting in Mexico, in Acapulco. So that's where they shot this movie, just outside of Acapulco. It's amazing how convincing it looks. It looks incredible. It looks great. And yeah. apparently, literally, from most of the shots in this movie, there's an entire strip mall just around, really? just out of shot. Like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't in the wilderness of Mexico. It was next to Acapulco. <laughs> and Sly used to drive around in this big, like, pimped-out car that was named the Slimobile. Right. And he, uh, he paraded around so often he became known as the mayor of Acapulco. <laughs> Oh, God, I wish I'd been making movies in the 80s. <laughs> it would have just been brilliant. Uh, so it's released. Uh, something of a hit, but we'll talk about that at the end. Any more for any more? All right, let's get into this movie. Rambo is doing hard labour. Uh, classic 80s action star thing. Start of Running Man with Arnie. Start of Total Recall, well, mm-hmm. not the start. It's like, you're an 80s action star. We've got to have you using power tools. Yeah, you've got to work the you've got to I need big tools. Like, yes. tool, well, like, you need to show those arms. I've got though. to break concrete. Mm. Yes. Yeah, making, because they're so muscular mm. that they can't use a machine that a smaller man or a <laughs> woman would, might use, like a would, typewriter. We had, we, had a, we, had an English ver- <laughs> we had an English TV version of that as well. Who's that now? Uh, Jeff Capes. He would rip up <laughs> yellow pages. That's the UK TV version of what they're doing. That's so uh, until, sweet. And on a low budget. That's so cute. He did that. He did that on the City Show. <laughs> there was there was a kid. There was a kid. There was a kid at my school. Uh, I won't use his first name. I use his surname. No, I won't. People. Anyway. He was a bit of a dick, and so I once convinced him because he hadn't seen Record Breakers the previous night. I was like, oh, you didn't see it? You didn't see it? Jeff Capes threw a fox around the world. (laughs) (laughs) And he believed me. (laughs) Why do we do things like that? (laughs) Did you Yeah. You you didn't see it? Yeah, he just threw it around the world, and then, like, about 20 minutes later, it came back and he caught it. It was fucking amazing. Around the world! I don't think the, the fox bit is cute, but it's not the thing. It's around the world, not up a tree. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Poor fox. Yeah. Different times, though. No, Different gi- times. no one gives a shit Different about foxes. No, into war beer wouldn't have survived that. <laughs> uh, now, uh, James Cameron didn't have him starting in a hard labour camp. He had him starting in a psych ward because that's where Troutman was going to find him. Uh, he was in the neuropsychiatry wing of a veteran's hospital, still struggling with his PTSD. Uh, Sylvester Stallone said, absolutely not, he's in a prison labour camp, and then Cameron would go on to use the psych ward thing for T2. Yeah, and that PTSD stuff from the last film, we're going to forget all about that. <laughs> that was a load now. of bollocks. Fine now. So, as I said, Troutman's back. He's got a mission in the Far East. Not Vietnam, is it? Uh, looking for POWs. Uh, now... They are sending him back to the actual camp he escaped from. Mm. And yet, as you just said, no PTSD. It's, no. Just, it's sort of like, no. like, there's not even a moment where you go, I'm over it. I remember this place. No, I'm over it. I'm over. I remember you. I remember you. Hello. You were horrible to me. Come here. Come here. Would have been great, yeah. though. Yeah. Would have been fantastic. I told you I'd get out. If you <laughs> old, if the guy in charge was a, the older version of the young guy who'd like who'd bullied him. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. Bullied hey, it's him. me from the Russian roulette. Remember me? That was a laugh, wasn't it? Oh. Uh, I do. I do like Troutman's almost romantic payoff as he says goodbye. He goes, the next time we meet, we'll be in Thailand <laughs> yeah. or your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so Troutman, uh, he seems to go out of his way sometimes to be like, this wasn't my responsibility. I tried to get you somewhere nice. I tried to do this. And you sort of like, again, he, like much like the first movie, 
almost I, he doth protest too much. It's yeah. like, is he is he suspicious? Is he is he part? Is he had a hand? In where Rambo's ended up. Yeah. It's great. That's good writing, though, yeah. I think, to keep him ambiguous as a character. I love it. I love it. And uh, then we get the line that Stallone ends, uh, added in, do we get to win this time? I'd be like, right, you're off the team. <laughs> Clearly you're not all right. So Photos! <laughs> F- fucking photographs! Do we get to win? No, it's not It's not that. If it's if you mean a photograph competition, we'll take a look at your work when you come back. And then also, maybe. I was like, when they're like, you're one of only three, and then he's like, I'll do it. It's like, we haven't spoken to the other two, so hold your horses a little bit. I think it's a bit presumptuous. So we get to Thailand, where the base is, and we got a load of great actors here. we got uh, Martin Cove. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, it's Chris! Oh my god! And it's a year after Crikey! Sorry! My voice has gone really high! Yeah. Oh, he's not given enough to do, though. I know. Uh, I've seen that face. Yep. Yep, uh, John Kreese, aka Martin Cove, aka uh, here Ericsson. Uh, we also get Charles Napier. Fucking hell. Brilliant. Bloody hell. Yeah, so good. From the, so good. From the good old boys and Blues Brothers is how I remember him, but obviously Ross Meyer. Loads of stuff. Uh, and uh, Murdoch, I mean, I joked at the start, but he is. He's cut from the same cloth as Carter Burke. He's cut from the same mm-hmm. cloth, even as far into the future as uh, Gianna, uh, Giovanni Rabisi's character in um, Avatar. Oh, yeah. You know, he, Cameron, this is a stock Cameron <clears throat> character, yeah. the corporate suit, gift of the gab, but completely moralless. Mm. Yeah. It's great. Probably a studio head. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's talking to Rambo. Who's wearing a very woolly red sweater, low cut number mm, yeah I hadn't thought of that uh, born Arizona of Indian German descent that's a hell of a combination what the fuck is that supposed I've to mean I've no idea rude it's just it's weird rude. But, but is it is it I don't a know a hell of a combination hell of a combo what does that mean are you speaking from personal experience I used to date one <laughs> what <laughs> exactly <laughs> nope so uh, he's only there to take photos uh, it sounds like the easier gig he definitely wants to kill everything <laughs> so he's getting the latest kit latest tech and we're off. Let's just get into the jungle. We're off to LV426 to see how this <laughs> kit holds up. Uh, we get a little bit of suspicion here, a little bit of mystery. Rambo says to Tramley, he's the only one uh, who he trusts uh, because Murdoch was lying about being in the Marines. Now, he's been given all this latest kit. Mm. He's pretty good by all accounts, from a whole movie, all we were told was just how good he is. Yeah. And mm. this is a this is a, a big mission. This is like no messing. How can they not get a man out of a plane onto the ground? Yeah. That's, that, that's easy that, to do. That computer picked him as one of only three people to do this mission. <laughs> but he doesn't fit. No, no it's, just, it's jumping out of a plane. <laughs> Why is he trailing so many straps? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird. when you said before. Oh, there was forty pages before we got to the action. Did they just go? We can't change the beats. I can't be bothered. So let's just stick in some pretend action, <laughs> which is he gets stuck on a plane. <laughs> I mean, this is our hero. Yeah, this is it looks cool, ridiculous. It looks so stupid. Yeah, and he's like, I'll do it my fucking self then. Obviously, it's <laughs> an embarrassment. If I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, and there's the, the most ridiculous line in the movie is featured here. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm calling it now. So. <laughs> So they're in a black plane. Rambo's dressed in black. This is happening at night. Mm. And when Rambo finally gets out of the plane, Trapper goes, did he set off a flare? It's like, <laughs> why would he set off a... Everything is black. You've made sure everything's painted black. Why is he going to go... I'm here, by the way. Hello? Just landed uh, in Vietnam. Nice to see you. I was here before. Fucking, I don't know if you remember. How is Tr- Troutman? I think this throws into doubt everything about Troutman from this movie yeah. and the previous He's movie. An He's just a moron. <laughs> it's like maybe the reason he didn't answer the phone to Rambo in the first week doesn't know how a phone works. <laughs> just keeps banging into it. It's, um, did he set off a flare? No, he didn't set off a flare. <laughs> Fucking hell. We get a ticking clock, 36 hours. Uh, uh, personal note, love the fact he doesn't kill the snake. Swore he was going to kill it. Weird moment. He's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> he loves the jungle, really. It's, I guess, yeah. Unless it's a threat. And yep. it's not a threat, clearly. Yep. It's not going to waste energy. Blunt his knife on a snake's fang. It's only, it's only <laughs> dogs he likes killing. <laughs> loves it. Loves it. Uh, so, here we go. Julia Nixon mm. turns up as co. Mm-hmm. 
Did not expect a woman, no. Didn't expect a fucking scared one. <laughs> would have been my response. Are you here to work or not? Why do you look so terrified? Why, what, what I don't understand is like, yeah, yeah, my dad died, so I got his job. Yeah. It's like, wait, hang on. So you're a sort of covert operative. It's not a really, it's not a family business. <laughs> it's not one in, one out. Dad died, so I got it. And then when Rambo goes, yeah, my knife's my lucky thing, she's like, fucking hell, a knife? I, I know. <laughs> a knife? It's like, you, you are not trained she's for a, this. She's a simpleton. Yeah, the, um, the, the beats are a bit patchy, she yeah, say. and then she wants to know why he's late, and he says, I got hung up. Uh, and it's great. like, well, this is not the same character exactly. we've just seen in First Blood, is it? Yeah. And except that we never see him with a woman in First Blood, and maybe he turns on the humour for the ladies. <laughs> I mean, we see him with a woman in First Blood, but it would be not the right time to make a joke when someone's telling you about their dead son. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, get, we get some pirates. Ooh. Yeah. They're good. I like the pirates, and they're going to take him downriver, just like in Hot Shots Part Duh. <laughs> Uh, weird cutaway here. I don't know why they needed to oh, sort to of... Oh, to the things? To the bit where Troutman's looking at some slides, and then oh, it comes no. back to the boat, and you're like, is know. that a passage no. of time? No, no what was yours? Oh, when they see the rocket launchers, or they see some weapons, mm. and it's got Cyrillic on it, but obviously someone's panicked and gone, people are fucking idiots and don't know what Russian is, and so there's a really bad edit where, where Cole goes, Russian. <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, uh, Rambo does say at one point, though, when he's having a moment with uh, Co, and we've got that great line, to survive war, you have to become mm. war. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, mainly know it from Gremlins too, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah. Well, to Robert Farley. Uh, when, uh, on, uh, but just on, so you know, Vicky, uh, Co just wants a quiet life in America. So. She does. Yeah. Don't know what we're saying up here, but uh, he's expendable. I know! He's expendable. What it. a great name for a movie. <laughs> That's such a good point. So it. are we going to talk about the way that they've written Carl and her uh, command of the English language and how disrespectful this is? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. I just whatever different times but if you're going to make it she's right she's dropping verbs she's dropping articles she says now which blows my mind what mean expendable <laughs> yeah. she means what is expendable mm. she knows that sentence structure and you she know, says what do you she would know plural um, and you she, know they've written it that way in the script yeah, don't you yeah <laughs> that's what I can't bear it's, it's heartbreaking I can't bear James Cameron at desk number one or whatever going what mean expendable it's <laughs> and, so outrageous and Julia Nixon who I imagine speaks English better than I potentially <laughs> from Singapore <laughs> is probably going do I really have, have to, do, to this? do this or if you're going to make it that I don't I'm an, have I'm like, Intelligence. Yes, Literally, it's in my title. I've learned English from the movies, James Cameron. I've learned English from my killer dad. What bring you good luck? She knows brings. She knows this stuff. It's outrageous. Sorry, done. Yeah. Oh, no, don't have to apologise. No, no, We're it's, all angry. Yeah. I was, I'm all right true. with it, apart from when she says, what mean expendable? Because yeah. she, what she, she means is. Mostly come at night. No, no, mostly. What, what, <laughs> What mean, what mean you, Vicky? <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. And also, uh, just from a narrative point of view, this conversation goes on way too long. Bloody hell, it's long. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I like the way they've written Julie Nixon's dialogue is for when they turn up at the camp and she has the wonderful line, Cycle Girl Whore from Village. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know if she would say whore. Would she not just say Cycle Girl, you know? And he would go, oh, yeah, I get it. Cycle Girl Whore from Village. <laughs> Great. What a job title. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> cycle Girl Hall from Village. <laughs> right. And also in the script, it would have been What's Cycle Girl Hall from Village 1. <laughs> Carl was dressed as Cycle Girl Hall from Village What's 2. What's that name of a pulp song from the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. She was a cycle whore. She came from Derby. <laughs> yep. Uh, right, uh, <laughs> they get to the camp, uh, and I think at this point Rambo's realised he doesn't even have to report to Co in any capacity whatsoever. <laughs> he goes, uh, do you know what? No more orders, Co. Uh, I never was going to take any photographs. Here I go. It's like, why were you picked for this fucking mission? Uh, so we get the prisoners of war. Mm. Uh, there was a brief moment where I thought, why well, wouldn't it be great if there weren't any? And yeah. he still went mental. <laughs> I was like, should that be my change? And I was like, that's ridiculous. Stop thinking. What's Viet- what, are we in Vietnam? We're in Vietnam. <laughs> we are. I think uh, so. What's their end game here? What, the people keeping the yeah. prisoners? No idea. It must be costing them a fortune to keep their prisoners them? for like uh, 10 years, 15 years. Oh, no, wait. They this are is still a Cameron script. No, this is still a Cameron script. He doesn't leave loose ends. He just writes women badly <laughs> <laughs> when they're from the local area. Uh, he, uh, they are being used to pick 
heroin or something. They're used in oh, the fields. Okay. He That's not says, mentioned in the film, though. There, there's definitely a thing where they move because the the lead the lead POW goes uh, were being moved around a lot from camp to camp to pick the crops. Okay. And I, I assumed crops was something illegal. Okay, okay, fair enough. That's all I needed. Yep, it's in there. It is in there. Uh, in James Cameron's original draft, lots more development on these POWs. Uh, Cameron wrote a level a bit like a ragtag bunch of bastards that are going to go in and solve a, 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 to complete the mission, yes? Yeah. Perhaps uh, he certainly said each prisoner's character was going to be revealed throughout. Uh, Stallone cut most of this material, making it tighter, simpler. <laughs> and about him. And focused on there. And focused on Rambo. And we know from Cameron that he demanded the romance as well, which is just the romance quote. <laughs> well, we haven't got there yet. Let's, let's, let's not spoil that seven seconds. The thing is, though, if you're, so you've got a lot of power, you always slice on, you're like, put a woman in it. And he goes, right, fine, cool, I will do I put a woman in it. Why? Because I want a romance. Okay. And that's what you write. And he goes, yeah, that's done it. Like, that blows my mind that that's all right. <laughs> well, especially as this is the man who wrote Adrian and Rocky, which yes! is such a beautiful romance, apart from that scene in that the bit, apartment. Yeah. yeah, oh my God, um, that scene. But, it, but it's yeah. a beautiful romance that lasts over a ton of films as well. It really develops. <laughs> yeah. He knows how to develop a romance. <laughs> he does. Uh, and it, I think it develops by Second six. I, I was like, these guys are great. These guys are good for each other, yeah. Uh, so it's time for some justice, Rambo style. Knife through heart, go! Arrow <laughs> through heart, go! Dude keeps his flip-flops on in bed. Weird. <laughs> Don't like that. Do not like that. When he walks out, she's barefoot. Then yes. Rambo's hiding. Got his fucking flip-flops on. <laughs> That's... That's disgusting. Even Just, on a holiday, kick them off. I don't know. Is it oh not? my god! No, no, wait, no, no, sorry. no, 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 imagery, <laughs> imagery, not... imagery, imagery, imagery. No, it's not. I don't do it. I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Is it? You have said. I don't know if you're joking or not. You keep your socks on in bed all the time. So you don't want to catch sight of your feet. Is it not just a holiday version? Sorry, a hotter climbs version of that. No. No, okay. Different. Because the flip-flops have been on the floor. And also, it's I, the my socks thing is because feet repulse me, so flip-flops aren't going to help. No, I know. So. He wore his boots in the pool while we were in Austin. So the thing is, when you put that thing on our WhatsApp, which was you doing the tour of your apartment, mm-hmm. I was instantly going to message you back and be like, put some fucking shoes on before he arrives because no, you're the, going part to upset him. Part of the Did you walk around a shared floor space with your little bare feet? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I had a little wander around on his bed. Yep. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Did you wear boots the whole time? Yep. Why? Chris even so, said, Chris even said, I, this, this is Chris's exact words. I know you've got a look, mate, but it's really fucking hot. <laughs> and what did you do? Nothing. No, I was you wearing skinny jeans. We, I was wearing skinny jeans. We went, we went for a swim at a nearby motel with yeah. some friends, and he shows up to the swim with his boots on. Did you get the? You went for a swim though, and, go, and his jacket, and his thick jacket. Mm. Yeah, let's not tell the jacket story. No, okay, that's, that's for you. That's for you. I'll, I'll do tell. that. We'll, we'll talk about it another time. Yeah, another day. Never. <laughs> um, right then, on on that bombshell, uh, let's take let's take a short break. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, so Rambo's freed the POWs. It's quite, it's, it's an interesting moment where the POW does go, as you would be want to ask, because you've got no way of telling what year it is. What year is it anyway? And he says 1985. So that means, I did, I did the maths, they, depending on when they were captured during the Vietnam War, yep. have been POWs for at least 10 years mm. and maybe 20. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. They don't look old enough. No, uh, but they're going to escape. And the pirates, bloody pirates, they double-crossed them because... Like they do. Pirates. <laughs> I mean, didn't see that coming, like, Cameron. bastard. Oh, no, fair enough. Uh, Rambo can't have anyone around him when he's going to kick ass because he goes, jump off the boat. She's like, I don't want... No. Yeah, I've, I've got this. Seriously. You, <laughs> yeah. you can't help me because I'm Rambo. Uh, and then uh, he, he jumps off the boat himself after destroying the other ship. And then she's not she... just jump. He's jumping off an exploding boat. Sorry. Yeah, it it's looks a very, amazing, it's, yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. It's a very 80s trailer moment. Yeah. Yes. It's good. Yeah. You made it, Rambo. Ah, <laughs> yes. I'm dying. At, well, I've got least, that written. I've got at that least the sentence structure is good. Yeah. It's sound. perfect. It's good. Yeah. You can do it yeah. after all. Yeah. So it's just, you just sort of go, what? That's the you... thing. That's so annoying because she doesn't say you make it. Because <laughs> when you're learning a language, you you know, you stick to mm. present tense. You made it. Yep. So, oh, it's just annoying. Yeah. Uh, uh, once again. Tells him he's not expendable. He's, yeah. Oh, he yes, I am. Like, he's like, four yeah, more times. Love you too. God, go away. <laughs> uh, and then we get this uh, thing where it stops being covert whatsoever because a US helicopter is gunning down Vietnamese, North Vietnamese mm. troops. Yes. Which would probably count as an act of war. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then Troutman clocks him and shouts, that's Rambo. What was he expecting? <laughs> Who did he think it was going to be? <laughs> and then we get this idea where he goes, fucking mercs or damn mercs. Like, that we, it's revealed that these guys are mercs, yeah. which is sort of fine, but sort of... Within, within the sort of confines of the movie, you're like, what does that mean, though? Like, yes. they... Mercenaries for who? Because they're, they're mercs, but then are they US mercs? I don't I didn't understand it, because obviously they work for Napier's character, Murdoch. Anyway, uh, I thought we were going to get Rambo versus the whole Vietnamese army here, but no, he surrenders at this point. Uh, and we get a little bit of um, interesting backstory about how the US was supposed to pay war reparations to the Kong, didn't, and so they kept the POWs. Nice acting here from Krenner and Napier. Good, good stuff. Yeah, they're presenting both sides, but <coughs> they're really, I'm not sure which side I'm supposed to be on at this point. And the plot stops, stops making sense. Mm. They're like, it was supposed to be empty what are we taking photos of to prove it was empty but it's not and then if he'd lost the photos we would never have won won what I don't I've lost the thread of like mm. what, what I know the mission wasn't the mission yeah. but what was the secret side mission the secret that's... side mission was whatever happened there had to be no POWs because that way the US could have a clean conscience yeah. and not right. need so to I could stop to having be... to stop having to investigate so he was either going to come back with photos <clears throat> of no POWs yes. or not come back Oh, I see. Thank mm. you. And they sent him because he was a decorated war hero. So who would if, definitely if Ra- get yeah. them back? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rambo is in the shit, pig shit to be precise. Yes. Uh, very, very Mad Max beyond the Thunderdome. Although obviously this did it first. Uh, Russia uh, joins Ooh. the party now. <laughs> Russia's here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 1985. We're, we're, start, we're starting to be friends with Vietnam again if we're America, but we yeah. ain't friends with Russia, no. so we need a villain. Yeah, another villain. We need a proper villain, mm. and we're going to cast one of my least favourite actors as the villain. <laughs> oh, he was good in Beverly Hills Cop. One of my shit, Alan Rickman, as I said. <laughs> I'm not arguing with you about it, but yeah, do you really not like Stephen Burkhoff? No. God. No, never, never knowingly underacts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was gonna be. I don't. I couldn't confirm this hundred percent. But apparently, at one stage, it was going to be Dolph Lundgren in this role. But then Rocky Four comes out the same year, and he gets cast in that as the villain. 
So, or he's, is it the same year? Yeah, it's the same yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the right role for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Rambo's held and tortured. Uh, Co turns up as cycle whore from Village Two. <laughs> uh, we get the sexy bed muscles like torture scene where Rambo oh, gets to tense a lot, doesn't yeah, he? he does. um, but he seems to be a bit of a masochist. He actually seems to be enjoying it a little bit. Well, maybe he is because maybe it's sort of <clears throat> part of his genetic makeup. Mm. Now he's been tortured. He's previously been a prisoner of war. Here doesn't feel the pain. Likes the pain. Wants the pain at yeah. this point. Uh, and he's, uh, he's being forced to talk to the radio. Although this, this feels like a really, a really stock... Maybe it wasn't at the time, but I think it was. A really stock hostage scene where you're torturing someone and they just won't give it up and they go, well, then we're just going to torture your mates! <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't think of that. Yeah, never uh, thought of that. And so he sits down and they're like, talking to the radio, tell them, tell them something. I couldn't work yeah, out. That's the point. What? Tell them what? They know tell, where you tell are. Tell them your position. And then Stephen Burkhoff reads the thing and he's like, oh, you won't like this. They left you. And it's like, so you know that they know where he is yeah. because they left him. Yeah. So what's the point of him going, hello, I'm here? Just so he can go, Murdoch, <laughs> I'm coming to get you. Yeah. Not, not a great read on the line, but <laughs> something like that. I'm going to get you. <laughs> you just wait. I'm a coming. Uh, so then, uh, Co uh, saves the day. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah, I was really pleased to see her. Mm. So was I. Yeah. Hi, Co. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Me, hello, you. Uh, there you go. Uh, Rambo treats barbed wire like string. It does. And I wondered, right? Is barbed wire, it makes it look like no threat. So has he just gone through the pain and been yes. like, I don't actually care? Or does he just, like, if it might go septic or something, he doesn't mind? Like, isn't barbed wire supposed to be, isn't it like one of those things that it looks like nothing, but actually you can't go through it because it would hurt too much? Yeah, you can't go through it. Yeah. No one but can. You mean go through it? Like, no, no, but, but he does. Pass through it. <laughs> well, no, that's why it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, you can't do what he's doing. Yeah, no one can. Uh, no, well, you can, but you'll rip up your hand. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, like, within the laws of physics, you can do what Rambo is right, doing because okay. you've seen it on screen. Right. It's, it's, but it's you metal wouldn't. wire with razor sharp metal on it. <laughs> yes. Okay. And he just goes, so you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. is why I'm saying it's ridiculous. Right, but okay. you could do that. Yeah. You would just hurt yourself. <laughs> okay. Could do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, definitely don't yeah. do it. Uh, so uh, Rambo and co-escape, uh, but um, but our, our, our chief POW, I've, they haven't given him a name yet. Um, no, they're not going to ask that. I felt quite sorry for him. Yep. Yeah, gets left behind. Yes. Yeah, yep. so he's already had freedom, been taken back, been brought to I'm be t- tortured. I may, <laughs> I know you've been through a lot, but. It's a bird. It's Co, and she likes me. I She's like her. Makeup on. I don't I, yeah. notice. It's the uh, it's the bike call yeah. from, from the village. Was not interested, but now she cycle whore from village. Yeah, it's the, vill- it's the village bike. Mm. Uh, he's, they have tried this running away lark before, uh, and they didn't. They actually had an airlift at that point. Didn't didn't work then. No, but this time it does. Um, and. Uh, what you did back there, I won't forget. It says Rambo. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, romance. Yeah, Co wants to come to America. You take, you take, me. Yeah. You take me. Take me. They, they have a kiss. <laughs> I, I wrote down this is the worst realised romance we've ever done on the pod, and that's including Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than Love Actually than all the plots in Love Actually. In fact, this would work as one of the plots in Love Actually, <laughs> That'd wouldn't be amazing. it? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Lose the Colin first bit. Yeah. Put this in its place. Oh Little bit. A little bit of foreign soil, language difference. Yeah, perfect. Lovely. Great. Get her to clean your toilet. Someone do a super cut of that (laughs) on YouTube. Every time you watch Love Actually, the Colin Firth bits are replaced with this. You've got Hugh Grant dancing round number 10 and we cut him mowing people down in Vietnam. Already better. (laughs) So it's raining men. It works. They're all dying. Uh, So I obviously told you this was my first watch. So at one... Uh, one hour, a hundred. Uh, one hour, five minutes. Uh, this happens. Uh, uh, Thirty minutes left. So uh, as they start falling in love, I wrote down. I give her under ten minutes to be dead. <laughs> How I overestimated. <laughs> they start and end efficient. Yeah. Is what this is. Yeah. Uh, literally, she goes. Oh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to take you back to. Her. Oh fuck! <laughs> I didn't even finish my line, and oh. she's dead. She's totally dead. Probably I mean, it's a, a bit pleased. It's a relief, yeah. really, because you look like the good guy. She's yeah. Like, oh, don't forget me. Or we, whatever. We, we we got nothing in common, we really. Don't know a single thing about you, each other. Have you heard how bad your your English is? <laughs> you won't do very well. Bravo. So you'll not forget me. Unbelievable. <laughs> <sighs> well, uh, he 
puts on uh, the necklace that... I'm having that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite dainty. It's quite dainty for the rest of his attire. Uh, and it also brought her a lot of luck. It did, so, didn't it? So sure. Definitely take that. Stick that on. <laughs> um, and uh, we replay one of the... Uh, replay the woods section yeah. now. One man army movie. stuff. Taking out Ruskies like a ghost. Mm. Yeah. I will say, there's one scene which I absolutely love here. And I, like the rest, not so much. But the because I'd seen it. But the one scene where I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Initially, it's where the guy is being like he's trapped in vines, mm. and Rambo's dragging him back towards the opening of this cave. It's like a trapdoor spider, yes. like pulling something in, like a fly or a mouse, and it's just like ah, the birds they eat. And it's like, oh, I just thought it was terrifying. Does he blow up some chickens here? He does. He sees the chicken. He's like, yeah. "I'll come back to that." Yeah. And then I wasn't clear. There was a canister. There was a gas canister next to the chickens. What? Did he use the and chicken then, and then as next an accelerant? To, I don't know. I was like, did he kill the chicken? I think so. Well, we've got the bit that you liked or remembered as the a kid. The mud bit. I like the that. mud bit. Mm. I hated it because I like it. There's something about it. Like when Arnie does it in Predator, looks great. Yeah. Here, it brought back memories of when. Have you seen the first Hunger Games? Yes. So the bit where <laughs> Katniss is looking for Peter and uh, she finds him and he's disguised <laughs> as a moss-covered rock. Yeah. And you're just like, well, there's. There is no way back for that actor for the rest of his career. It's it's the end. Yeah, and he hit this is rock. it. Yeah. yeah, he hit as a rock. I don't care if it's in the book. You get your agent to say he will take the part. He won't do that rock moment because forever. I'm just like every time I see him, I'm like that bit where you're a rock, though, man. The fuck. That was awful. Why? Because it's emasculated. It's just because it's shit as well. It's like a rock. Yeah, he's got on the underside as well, isn't he? Sort of like, <laughs> then he opens his eyes, just white eyes, like, it's me. I'm a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're into the chicken bit now. Uh, I'm totally fine with the chicken death because, you know. It's Rambo, and he's got some chickens, and you don't see him die on screen. And then we're in this tall grass, and yeah, I think you're right. He's pit. I chickens have petrol for blood. <laughs> right, we've done the chicken bit. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's worth it. It's fine. Okay, uh, so I mean, from here on in. Just most of the screen is on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I've got. I've got Stuff village. It's very flammable. Village, vehicle, bridge, all getting exploded. I mean, it's pure comedy where they drop a massive bomb on Rambo. <laughs> just one big yeah. bomb for him. And he just jumps, yeah. jumps away. I don't, he does blow up the native's village, though, which I don't like so much because no. they were, they're, they're victims in this as well. well. well they're well, poor people. We, it's... We, we see him running into the village, leading the people following him. To There's a bunch of kids running as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's like, well, has he just killed some kids? It's a weird moment. It's a weird beat in, in movies that, you know, you're sort of on board. Like, I mean, Bad Boys 2 and Rambo 2 don't have that much not in common. Um, like, and there's a weird bit. Like, I'm I'm a Bad Boys 2 fan. I mean, I, I you know, I, I like it. The bit where it gets ugly is one scene where Michael Bay has a chase that takes place through a Cuban shanty town where they literally just level the poorest people's homes in this village. And even when you're sort of on board with all the Michael Bayness of this movie, that bit, you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, come on. And this is the same. Mm. Also, do arrows make Vietnamese men explode? I don't know. (laughs) It's an exploding arrow. They, but they on. really... I mean, really do. Like... And they make whole trucks. One makes a whole truck explode. Yeah, and imagine that on a man. <laughs> true, true. And also, he has petrol for blood. <laughs> part chicken. Uh, no, that's... No, that's part duh. I was waiting in this. I was like, does he use a chicken as an arrow? <laughs> so uh, he finally goes airborne. He's in a helicopter now. Uh, he fights the Russian dude who survived electrocution. Oh, so the helicopter pilot jumps out, has to jump out like the the truck driver had to jump out in the first oh, film. Yeah. Call oh, back, yeah. call back, call back, call back. Uh, now, I'm not totally au fait with military hardware from 1985. Liar. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, guilty. Uh, so the bit where he got, attacks the village, I'm sure, I, I imagine you can fire the missiles from a helicopter from the pilot's joystick. But the machine gun that he's using to gun down people, I think that needs an operator, and I think they've got... Rambo, Rambo is doing this on his own, so that's that's a new robot gun that we're having in that helicopter. <laughs> that's really precise. Really good. It yeah. gets everyone. Because Rambo's firing missiles, flying a helicopter, and operating a robot gun at the same time with one stick. I mean... 
I care about as much about that as the pig on Monday that, that Vicky was concerned about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a cool helicopter chase when uh, Burkhoff turns up with a bigger bopper. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I like, I, I, I'll go early. Outbreak, my best scene when we eventually get around to doing it, is the helicopter chase in that. Real helicopter it chases. Amazing, it yeah. looks great. It looks good. Uh, and I'm actually unclear about how uh, Manbo is going to get out of this at the moment. Um, because his helicopter catches fire, yeah. and then Burkhoff finds his helicopter. And for a brief moment, I thought, this is fucking awesome. He's putting out the tail of the helicopter in the river. Like, he's got the helicopter at an angle, that the tail, which they go, the tail's on fire. Yeah. He's, oh, he's pulling it out. It. He's <laughs> dipping it in the water. Is that what he's doing? No. Oh. He's just pretending to be dead, <laughs> which he is, pretending to be dead. And then, ho oh, ho, got a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid you. Sneaky rocket. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they then make this a huge meal out of Rambo landing the helicopter. We've just seen better action than this. It's like, just land the fucking thing. We get it. He's going to land it. He does. Uh, he shoots up some IBMs. Uh, and then he doesn't kill Napier. Mm, kind of disappointing. Really I guess it's right and fine, but it's like, oh, It's not, though, because he doesn't kill him because he goes, if you don't find the rest of the POWs, I'll find you. It's like... Yeah, I don't think that's a real threat to Napier. He's still there when you turn up, knowing that you're going to come and try and kill him. Also, he's pretty slimy. I don't think he's going to go, I've, I've, I make you a promise. Yeah, yeah I'm but I guess... they're going to do it. I guess they're sort of setting him up for a potential sequel that would have been better than Rambo 3. Mm. Uh, and then we get this big moment uh, where Trapman says, don't hate your country, John. Hate, I die for it. And we get this big speech at the end. I want our country to love us as much as we love it. So James Cameron's uh, script, as I mentioned at the start, didn't feature uh, any politics or this political monologue specifically. Um, And Stallone added this in, and this is what he says in 2006 about it. I thought the politics were important, such as a right-wing stance coming from Trapman and his nemesis Murdoch, contrasted by Rambo's obvious neutrality, which I believe is explained in Rambo's final speech. I realise his speech at the end may have caused millions of viewers to burst veins in their eyeballs by rolling them excessively, but the sentiment stated was conveyed to me by many veterans. Okay. In 1985, he was talking a little differently about it. That seems slightly toned down for 2006. This is an interview he did with Time magazine entitled Rambo Mania shortly after the film was released. People have been waiting for a chance to express their patriotism. Rambo triggered long suppressed emotions that have been out of vogue. Suddenly, apple pie is an important thing on the menu. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you had a, a whole country and maybe a whole planet misunderstanding the movie i guess or the message and yeah you know reagan you constantly quoting rambo and we're gonna go and kick ass and foreign policy is gonna be like rambo and it's yeah. like have you seen first blood yeah. it's the opposite of the it's the opposite message it's like it's like the same way reagan was would use would use bruce springsteen and and, and born in the usa and it's like you're you're either stupid or you're willfully misunderstanding this because well um, I mean, yeah, let's set the scene. Cause, I mean, we'll, we'll skip over Peace in Our Life. Uh, music by Frank Stallone. Lyrics by Frank Stallone. Performed by Frank Stallone. Uh, music by Frank Stallone and Jerry Goldsmith, I'm afraid. Sorry, yeah, absolutely Maybe right. we'll, dro- we'll drop him. I thought Jerry <laughs> might like to be missed out on that list. <laughs> I was trying to do him a favour. So in every way that Rambo 3 was released at the wrong time, this movie... Uh, regard with regards to where America mm. was, was released at the right time. Like you say, Reagan was in the White House and there is a photo of him holding a T-shirt on Air Force One that reads Rambo was a Republican. Uh, he had a signed poster of Rambo in the White House framed on the wall. Sylvester Sloan signed it. They became friends uh, based on this movie. And also America was feeling optimistic at that period. It was turning away from the self-loathing post-Vietnam and Rambo basically offered a way to do that uh, uh, especially things like the line, do we get to win this time? Uh, coupled with that, audiences are seeing headlines about international terrorism. So all of this created this perfect storm where Rambo, you know, tapped in to how America wanted to see itself on the global stage. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, not everyone was happy. I've got some quotes from Nick Dissemlian's book. Uh, James Cameron said of the film... After Rambo, I'm not that interested in making a film where people are running around shooting each other and getting into the moral complications of saying just because they're wearing a different uniform from another country, it's okay. 
in order to feel absolutely lily-white about the havoc that's wrought on their bodies by high-velocity ballistic weapons. And yes, I had two desks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, true lies again. It's like, just because he doesn't put them in uniform, I guess, because they're terrorists. But I think if, I don't think that... I think that's the same thing that he's done there. Mm. Don't you? Mm. Uh, so it's, it's a grey area. Uh, uh, Ted Kocheff, uh, director of First Blood, said, In the script that I read, Rambo kills 71 people. This is not the character I created. Didn't create it. Uh, <laughs> need I say more about why I refused to direct the sequels? Uh, nevertheless, cost 25 million. Do you know how much it means? 20, what? 25 million. I don't know what it meant now. $300 million. Wowzers. It was a phenomenon. Uh, newspaper headlines read things like Rambo, a symbol of the American spirit. Uh, it was the fourth biggest movie in the world mm. in 1985. Do you want to have a guess at the other ones on the list, anyone? Back to the Future, number one. Back to the Future, number three, actually. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. No. No. Another one's a Stallone movie. <clears throat> Rocky Four. Yes. <laughs> I think I think you're talking about domestic box office, aren't you? Uh no, because Out of Africa didn't do anything in the States and it's number two around the world. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop was the biggest. Sure. Right. That's it. Any more? Nope. Okay. Eighty four release. Oh shit, yeah. That's why I had to bastardize this list. That wasn't the real quiz. <laughs> yeah. uh, right then. Glad I'm here. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Let's do the bits. Chris, what's your best scene? Uh, I, it's the scene where they leave Rambo and he's just stuck down there for me. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a bit of a shocker. Yeah. I'm not, I didn't see it coming. Uh, I mean, I should have because they were going to, they were going to screw him over. But the way it happens and that he's suddenly a prisoner of war, I came, came as quite a shock. Brutal. Great scene. Yeah, V? You'll laugh at me for this. It's him shooting the computers because tech is the real enemy in this film. <laughs> Like, I honestly think, because he's like, they've seed it in. The computer picked you for this thing. And then he's Chat like... Chat GPT. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, what's all this computer stuff? He's basically like, I'm a real man. I'm going out there killing people with my bare hands, more or less. I don't need all of this tech shit yeah. taking over the world. And just because of the time that we're at, we're at a very interesting moment where that tech... I mean, it's disproportionate, the amount of tech for the mission. I don't understand what that war... Well, was. no, no. everything was bigger back yeah. there. Everything was bigger. That's true. That's a calculator Your, your calculator is more powerful than that computer. Beautiful, Vicky. I don't know if you know that. I think he's saying, "I'm, I'm the re, I'm authentic. This is inauthentic. So I'm going to shoot all of the computers, which is like a caveman going in bashing a library or whatever. It makes no sense. There weren't, there weren't libraries when cavemen were around, and you know that for a fact, do you? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I, well, actually, I can't confirm. No, you can't confirm no. that. Or the Mudman bit, like it's the thing I remember, <laughs> and I was really shocked by it with his. He looks like I've told this story before. I'm really sorry. When I was on holiday, Hit the on Croatia, hey. Did you just hear that? When I was on holiday in Croatia years ago, I went into a fish place to get some fish and there was a big bag and someone had caught an octopus and they'd put it up on the, sh like, wherever it was. And I thought it was dead and I was it was really tightly wrapped. It was a bit horrendous. And it just <laughs> opened an eye and looked at me. And I have never eaten an octopus since then, obviously, because it was terrifying. And it reminded me of that. Like, this octopus went, what the, what's going on? Like, And fish place, was it spelt place like the fish? Because that's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably it was in it was Croatian, so who knows? Okay. Anyway, yeah, Mudman or shoot the computers. Ridiculous. <laughs> Fine. Uh, it's it's one of three for me. I like the torture scene. I, I weirdly, I thought it was quite good because it added a bit of tension in a movie that is largely lacking tension towards the end. Uh, I like the moment that uh, Murdoch, like you picked, uh, Chris, that he calls the chopper off from the rescue. Uh, but I'm giving it to the conversation between Troutman and Rambo at the start uh, when he's still in prison uh, because it's the last scene where it's still the Rambo I recognise from the first movie and after that there's a little the shades of that when he's walking around going look at this computer I'm going to blow it up later. <laughs> but like he's just a different person and I, I miss that guy MVWV most valuable whatever so if what's the director called George Cosmatos so did he do all the aerial stuff or did they second unit it because the, all um, the aerial stuff is amazing I think Sly might have directed somebody <laughs> so if, whoever did that because all the helicopter stuff looks good but obviously I'm going to give it to Julia Nixon for the indignity of uh, what she had to go through so your most valuable whatever is the, the thing. worst thing in it <laughs> Julia Nixon the person for having to put up with it yeah 
Oh, wait, we've never done this before. So you're separate. I, feel like I do this so quite a lot. Actually. So you're ba- so you're basically. So I could go. I'm picking. I'm picking Sylvester Sloan, but not for his performance in this. Just for him in other movies, Copland, for example. You can do whatever you want, babe. <laughs> right, can. but if you're picking Julian, you're picking her I performance. Am, yeah. it's, better, it's better than my pick. All right, what's yours? Uh, that arrow. <laughs> The exploding arrow. Yeah, the one that explodes a man. <laughs> well, I can't believe I, I can't believe I took this seriously. I wish we were all. I wish I knew we were all doing stupid answers. All right. Uh, I gave it to Stallone on Monday. I'm giving it to Richard Crenner today because uh, I like Troutman and I, I think mm. he's I think he's good in both movies and I like the ambiguity of him as a character and I like him here. What would you change, Chris? Um, I'd change Co. <laughs> um, but I mean, all, I would drop the romance angle, but make her the sidekick that we've talked about in these previous scripts. Someone for him to bounce off, give her a sense of humour, sure, or or give her a personality or something. But yeah, make her a character and and have that duo fighting together in this movie. V, what would you change? Uh, obviously, we've got to sort out uh, her dialogue. It's profoundly unfair and gross and weird and awful and strange. And also, you know, she kisses him. Not now, love. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> it's a classic not now, love. I think there's a problem with the baddies because we're not... Uh, Murdoch is a baddie because I'm coming to get you. So, oh, you're the baddie. But we've just had Stephen Burke off for five minutes. Too late, actually. It's like 40, maybe 40 minutes in before he turns up. So for a good chunk of the film, the baddie is just the Vietnamese. And so mm. you don't have one central baddie. And then we split the baddiness. Mm. So we've got Burkhoff versus Napier. Uh, and I would just, we could just do with one baddie. So if Napier is really a baddie and he's kind of not what he says he is, oh God, could he be a Russian spy and he turns up and does the stuff like Stephen Burkhoff's in it and is a very big presence and then he's just gone. Yep. I mean, I know he pops up at the end, but he doesn't feel like the big bad. It is diluted. Mm. Yes. It is diluted. The villainy is diluted. I still viewed Napier as the worst because he left Rambo in the middle of the jungle yeah. and he was going to leave the POWs there. So he's my big bad. So my change is that I want Rambo at the end to fly Napier out into the jungle and drop him in the POW yeah. camp. Yeah, great. That he, <laughs> yeah, great. He rescued the POWs from. So he's like trapped in there. That's, and so that's he has, a great ending. Yeah, that's He brilliant. has to experience. Because you know yeah. what? It's poetic. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. That's yeah. my change. And we are done, done, done. Uh, it's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! I've been practising. In the nick of time. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, let's just do it quickly. Let's just do it. I'm, I'm just going to go first, if that's all right, just okay. to get me out of Please here. pick Rambo 2, just to surprise <laughs> us. It's very easy this week. It's Rambo 1. Um, I think Rambo 2 is actually quite boring. Uh, the plot doesn't make any sense. There's no main baddie. There's no social commentary, which is meant to be a sequel to 1, which is quite a bit of social commentary. Um, and it's 95 minutes long, and it felt like about four and a half hours so Rambo 1, please, for me. And you, Chris, can go next. Rambo 2 is dumb. Kid, <laughs> kid me thought it was dumb. Middle-aged me thinks it's dumber. Uh, first blood isn't. Um, I think there are times that the action is a little bit at odds with the tone and the plot and the themes. But a super soldier declaring war on his own country is a brilliant premise. And what I realised this time watching it is it's this perfect bridge between the socially conscious dramas of the 70s and the dumb action movies of the 80s it's the apex of where they meet and it's all downhill from here for this kind of film so yeah it's no debate for me this week uh, first blood is an all-timer uh yeah i mean look uh, i said to chris i'll take rambo too and he said yeah that feels more like an alex film which uh, <laughs> you know would be insulting if it wasn't kind of true <laughs> uh, and yet uh I, Rambo 2 it's it, the, like the enemy I just like we just talked about it I, I don't really I don't get the same visceral reaction that I get from the the enemy as I do from the cops in the first movie and that's really the thing that that swayed me so much it's the pettiness of the cops these men with badges full of their own self-importance that really makes you enjoy watching their comeuppance in a way that watching the Vietnamese and the Russians uh, like get their comeuppance. It just didn't do anything for me. But the cops getting it, I was like, "You fuck you guys! You brought this on yourselves, you dickheads!" So for that reason, and Stallone's performance, it is also first blood for me. It's three, yeah. four, three. On and it the was pod. one of those classic weeks. I was saving it, but 
I didn't want to watch it. I was like, I'm, I'm going to hate it. I just, this isn't my sort of thing. And I then I was like, just listen to, remember all the other times that you've done this for the podcast and you've absolutely loved it because it's something that you just thought, no, it's, I don't want it. And then I was like, oh, fuck, it's, it's happened again. It's oh, really good. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Thanks, Vicky. All right, then. Don't forget, you can have your say and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it when the listener poll goes up on our Twitter account at ClashPod. So let's look ahead to next week, because that's right. Our annual countdown to the greatest night of the year, Halloween, <laughs> begins. It is time for Shocktober. We have three clashes till the big day with one of our episodes, I think, actually falling on Halloween itself. Well, that'll be the, th- yeah, the, yeah, the third one. Yeah, Good yeah. One. Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. Big year. Big year for Shocktober on Clash Pod. So, what is the pair we're clicking off with? Chris, what was the clue you gave? I don't don't know what possessed me. Yeah, no one does. And I'm doing it again, Vicky, uh, because next week we're kicking off with an obscure horror film called The Exorcist. (laughs) I'm really excited. You're looking forward to watching it for the first time. You're 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 going to find it very interesting. Titillating, one might say. I've Um, seen it like ten times. Whatever. <laughs> um, and I know it more than you. And it's, well, take, it's taken us ages to do this one because it's really hard to pick what to pair it with. Because uh, there's lots of Exorcist films, but none of them are the Exorcist. So we're going with one that I remember being very, very frightening. I really hope it holds up or I'm going to be in trouble next week for doing this. <laughs> we're putting it with The Exorcist 3. Yeah, I haven't mm. seen that, so. The Legion. Mm, is it? Mm, yeah. Is it? Ex- it's called Exorcist 3. The Legion. Okay. And, yeah, it's only feel free. available in one place, though. Okay, I, did, I didn't check. What? It's on Apple. You have to rent it from Apple. It is available to rent for, I think, £3.49, but it is only on Apple. That's the only place I could find it. If you want to find it somewhere else, yeah. that's up to you. That's yeah. it. All right, then. Brilliant. All right, then. So it's The Exorcist versus Exorcist 3, The Legion, next week as we kick off. Oh, so excited. I can't <laughs> fucking wait. Shocktober! Right, until then, uh, have a lovely, lovely weekend. We'll be back on Monday talking The Exorcist. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.